Hello, Mr. Michaels. Hello, Mr. Viegas. How are you? I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm perplexed at the, the, the problems that we've had, but I'm glad we're talking now. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, it, it, well, if I'm on the line, you're on the air. So so off we go, and I'm so thrilled to, to be able to speak to someone like you. Um, Mutual, and it's so great, the, the work that you're doing, the way you're supporting the community. Uh, really, you, you deserve applause from all of us for this. You are most kind. I wish I could do more, and, and when I can, I certainly will. Um, how's everything with you? Uh, no symptoms yet, but I have been um, I have been sheltering in place uh, with my uh, lovely lady friend, and so far the, the two of us. She has been making masks, massive number of masks for for the homeless. So she's she's not only is she going to heaven, but there will be a marching band waiting for her when she gets to heaven. See now, that's someone um, who's doing who's doing great work. That I'm yes. thrilled to hear. So and and I've been in the house and I've been doing a lot of writing. I've been doing all, all sorts of things. As a matter of fact, the two of us both play music, and so we've also been having uh, nightly concerts uh, for ourselves to keep ourselves from going crazy. I hear you. Uh, uh, Mary and I sat and watched uh, uh, Wagner's Ring, the entire thing, all, all four operas, uh, while while we're home. So I was like, well, let, let's see now. Corona seems to be lo lasting longer than Wagner. Oh wow, that's 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 something. <laughs> well, we're we're um, binge watching The Crown currently, and then we're going to do Lost in Space for a uh, for a change. Both are um, exquisite. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm, I'm, I think the star of The Crown is uh, John Lithgow. They chose an American to play uh, the August um, Winston Churchill, and he's doing it. Heck of a job. Doing an amazing job. Oh, so you're on season one. St yeah, we just started. We uh, just started. Oh, okay. Yeah, we, we went all the way through season two. Uh, mm -hmm. Really brilliant. Really, really brilliant series. And and I can't believe I'm saying this because I, I used to laugh at the original, but Lost in Space is actually really good. So you're going to have a you're gonna have a great time with that as well. I've seen bits and pieces of it, but now I'm going to watch it in sequence and see the whole thing. Uh, it's interesting how the original series... Um, if you remember, Jonathan Harris kind of took over as Dr. Smith, mm -hmm. and it kind of became the Dr. Smith in Space series. Yep. That's happening again with Parker Posey. She's yep. just such a compelling villain in, in this thing as Dr. Smith, a female Dr. Smith. Um, and at least from the bits and pieces that I saw in the past, it really makes me want to see the whole thing from the beginning. But, Jay, i got to tell you something. I'm missing seeing my uh, live theater I even had a dream last night about live theater that I had tickets to a revival of Guys and Dolls. And when I arrived <laughs> at the theater, I couldn't find the tickets. And the clock was getting closer and closer to 8 o'clock. It's like actor's nightmare, but it's critic's nightmare. I, I, was, I was going to say, I guess that, that's the critic's nightmare. Um, I, I'm just, I just miss going to the theater so much. And you know, part of it is that wonderful communal experience. And, and I really hope that, uh, that that has not been lost in all of this. Lost in space, as it were. There you go. Um, I, 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 that's something that is, I feel is so important to the human experience is having communal experiences. Um, and, and that is a serious thing that we're losing uh, in, in all of this. So I, I'm, I'm hoping to get back to it for that reason too. And also to support the theater community. The theater community is suffering terribly. Let, let's talk, we, we've spoken about Lost in Space villain. Let's talk about the villain we're having right now and how, how the virus has changed things. Uh, yes. You have always had your finger on the pulse of, of live theater. 
what, what, what's your hypotheses for the future on this? I'm hearing everything on every level uh, uh, when we come out of this, but you, you, you've seen it from its skeleton. What, what do you think is going to be different when we, when we, when well, we finish this? Well, it's, it, I have to tell you, it's going to be very hard because, you know, just being a part of the audience, you are literally shoulder to shoulder with other people. Yep. And, you know, I, I think that people are being very obedient now and people are being, you know, very acquiescent and, and functioning as a community trying to fight this. But people are going to, you know, it's, it's, I, I don't see people continuing in this mode for more than another month. I think at a certain point, we're going to have to find some kind of accommodation with this, some sort of a, a you know, a, a super mask that people can wear and still go out and still interact with other people. I'm sure somebody is going to invent something like that that will, that will protect us, that will enable us to resume our society. Maybe that's science fictional. I do tend to think in science fictional terms. But uh, as I said, uh, uh, my lady friend has been making these masks, and even the, the, the way she makes it has, has been um, evolving uh, to try to make it a little bit more a little tighter around the nose to keep, you know, but so that it doesn't fog up your glasses when you breathe. I mean, this, these are challenges. And I have a feeling that American ingenuity will come up with something like this that will enable us to resume a semblance of normal life again. Um, uh, but we have to, I mean, in our, in our city, you know, it's the, 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 the uh, greatness of our cities is the fact that we are in proximity to other human beings. Right. And I think that eventually we will figure out a way to have that proximity while remaining protected. Uh, I, I can't help but think that American ingenuity is going to come up with something that will enable that. So you don't think we're going to wait? You don't think that Turner Classic mu Movies and Terror TV and all of that is going to keep people in their seats? You think that that uh, we're, we're going to just say, okay, no, I can't go through May like this, and we're suddenly going to get this, this uh, you know, Ralph Lauren will create this very fashionable thing that goes over to your over your head, and you, there's a visor you can move up and down. And yeah, that, that's the sort of thing that's going to have to happen. Oh because, you know, pe people talk about, the you know, when is the virus going to peak? And, you know, when it peaks, that doesn't mean it's over. That just means that it is declining because we've been smart and because we have been working with these plans, working with these pieces of advice. But don't forget, a lot of the advice that we're getting is stopgap advice. Yeah. How can we just? How can we limit the damage so far? The next iteration is going to be people thinking: How are we going to resume a semblance of normal life? What can we do? And uh, and I think people are going to. You know, people are very smart and very resourceful and are going to come up with things that will enable that, enable us to get back to, to uh, being in the theater. But this is going to have an enormous effect on our culture. This is going to be, I mean, look how much 9-11 uh, affected our culture. Oh, yeah. I think this is, this is going to have an effect like the Depression or World War II had on our future. You know, people will look back, uh, look back uh, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, and they'll think, where were you? When that happened, who did you uh, shelter in place with? You know, these these expressions will become part of our lexicon, but our, our lives are going to have to change. I mean, I'm I'm here with uh, 
my lady friend, you know, we're, we're relatively recently become friends, but, you know, we've become, a, we have a bond now that's going to, no matter what else happens to us throughout our lives, is going to be part of our lives. Who did you hunker down with? What did you do during that time? You'll be telling your grandchildren about, this is what we did during the play. You know, this is what we did during, and, and uh, you know, and there'll be movies, there'll be plays. I mean, it's already starting to affect the culture. Also, sure. as, as you pointed out, a lot of what we do had already moved to the, the Internet. A lot of our conversations and our interactions moved to the Internet. I used to, I remember I used to call uh, distant relatives who live in Indiana and places like that. We'd call once a year, you know, at Christmas. Now we can be in contact every day, but not in person on the internet and so a lot more life is going to move to the internet uh, have you noticed that um uh youtube videos relating to the theater which I, I watch a lot of have you noticed that there was a time when they would get you know four or five hundred views or a thousand views would be a really good thing now a lot of them are getting ten thousand a hundred thousand views because that's the only theater people have oh sure yeah. You know, I'm, I'm Facebook friends with um, a number of the people that I wrote about in my book, I'm the Greatest Star. So I'm in contact. I'm a Facebook friend with Brian Stokes Mitchell and Audrey McDonald and people like that. And I feel like I'm in contact with them every single day. How they're doing, you know, Stokes had the uh, coronavirus, but he's, he's over. He's over the hump now. He says he's, he says he feels a little better every day. That is oh, something I didn't realize. That, oh, my goodness. Oh, I'm, I'm glad he's feeling better. Yes, that's something that um, that is going to change. Our, this is how we're going to. A lot of our interaction is going to stay on on the on the web. Um, a lot of it has migrated there, and I think a lot of it is going to stay there because we're used to it. We've become used to it now, and it protects us. Do you think? Uh, um, do you think it's going to? Once this is over, I've had I've had uh, colleagues tell me that uh, you know we're going to get so sick of that screen. That when we when the doors actually will open, we're not going to take our phones with us the same way. Do you think? Do you think uh, uh, they're right, or do you think uh, this is actually going to be no. fused into our hands when this is over? We're not even gonna, we're not even going to think about it. it the, the phones are already, especially for younger people, the phones are already integral to their lives. They're not going to leave it behind because it's part of their lives. Right. Um, it's just part of their lives. It, it's not like. You know, after the gas crisis, we didn't give up our cars because we were sick of, you know, we were sick of them. We went right back to the cars. And <laughs> I think that's what's, that's what's going to happen. Um, the gas crisis, by the way, for the younger people, there was a gas crisis back in the 70s. <laughs> there was no gas to be had for love or money. Um, um, but back then, when the gas crisis started, I remember paying 21 cents a gallon for gas. That's how old I am. Uh, but I noticed gas prices are coming down again because uh, they're not going down to twenty one cents; they're going down to two twenty one. There you go. But, which, um, which is which is low. today's twenty one cents. That's right. Um, but I, 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 I don't think people are going to get sick of their screens. I mean, you know, to a certain degree, they'll 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 want to be out. They'll want to be out in cafes. They'll want to be out in parks. They'll want to be out in the theaters. Most of all. Um, but you know the the, uh, the the that's part of that's part of that experience, and you can't. There's nothing that approximates that experience, and I think people will go back to that. Um, and what experience are they going to get? Um, I, I I ask I've asked uh, most of those I've spoken to, and I've said, okay, so when this is over, what does the landscape of the American theater look like post pandemic? 
and, and well, you've I, seen it under many circumstances. What's yes. what's the next wave? Yes, I, yeah, don't forget we still uh, we still haven't the theater still hasn't been closed as long as it was. There was a strike, uh, a stagehand strike. Uh, you may recall in the nineteen nineties, yep. uh, where the theaters were closed for a month. Right. Um, and there was no Broadway shows during that time. Um, so we're coming up on that. Um, and we'll probably surpass that. But I do remember a time when there were no Broadway shows for weeks at a time. Uh, and it took a little while to get back up to speed again. Um, I know that there were a lot of things in the pipeline, and I, there are a lot of things that are sort of dying in the pipeline. Even There are some shows that were supposed to open, like Hangman and, and things like that, that are that are now canceled. They right. have canceled them entirely. You know I feel the sorriest for is six. Poor six. They closed the theaters on the afternoon of their opening night. Oh, no. I mean, they, yes, it was supposed to open oh. that evening, and the, and the league decided that afternoon that all the theaters would be closed starting immediately. So what a heartbreaker for those poor people. Um, well, Virginia Woolf went through that. They, they had like nine previews, yeah. and, then, and then that was the end, and it's not going to reopen. That's right. That's right. So I think as time goes along, you know, if you if you take your your plants and you put them in a dark closet, eventually, you know, the, at a certain point they'll come back, but at a certain point they won't come back anymore. Right. right. So I think we will lose a few more of the shows. Um, but don't forget, Broadway was running white hot before this all happened. White hot. Um, there were every theater had a line of productions that wanted to go into it. Sure. So it'll be interesting to see how many of those. I mean, they're all, they're all postponed now. It'll be interesting to see how many of them get canceled entirely. But you know, actors. You know, a lot of these actors. It's not like there are other jobs that they're moving on to. Right. You know, production has stopped all over the place. Stopped in movies, television, everything else. Um, so I've, I've had a lot of film colleagues that are in the exact same position. So yeah, right. you're 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 right. So it's possible that they're in suspended animation. Once again, to call back to Lost in Space, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of these productions are in suspended animation, and it'd be if, if there's nothing else that's pulling the performers away, a lot of them, I, I assume, will be eager to get back to work. Now, here's um, the curveball on that. Um, during the strike, uh, the restaurants nearby and the other organizations, even that uh, the theater deals with, were still open. Um, yeah. We're now looking at a fact that that, okay, well, the theaters might reopen and the shows are fine, but will audiences be able to afford to come back? Because right. every restaurant on the on those rows are closed, every every store, every everything, and hotels. even the audiences... Don't forget, hotels is an enormous contributor to oh, the, the Broadway audience. So, so, so many, and I had, I had one, I had one uh, uh, colleague make the point when I said, well, when... when when theater opens, everyone will run back. And he says, they're not going to run back. They're going to walk back because they're still paying off the bills from, from the months that they were, they were unemployed. Right. So, so even if, even if, even if this, we, we reopen, uh, do you think the, the fiscal problems of, of the outlying uh, uh, industries are going to, to kick Broadway? Well, we're going to reopen naturally in a recession or worse. Yeah. Um, it is going to take a while for the, the whole, the, the whole, um, uh, you know, biosphere of the, around theater to ramp up again. Um, a, a lot of the, a, a lot of the things that it's, it's based on are, um, are going to be, um, 
sickly are going to be, as you point out, I mean, the water that, that makes everything grow is, is you know, people's tickets, uh, yeah. people buying tickets, people traveling to New York, people taking the train into New York, yep. people going out to the restaurants. I mean, that whole thing is going to take a while to ramp back up again. But um, luckily, going into this, the, the uh, economy was fundamentally sound. Uh, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see how long it takes all those pieces to get moving again. I mean, I'm encouraged by the fact that the federal government did not do what Herbert Hoover did in the Depression, which was to just tell everybody that uh, the prosperity was just around the corner and that it'll all get better again on its own. Fortunately, the, the federal government uh, has launched one stimulus package, although I don't know where they're getting those $2 trillion from. Are they just printing money? If that's the case, we're going to have horrible inflation. That's, are they borrowing that money? Who are uh, they borrowing it from? Since the world is closed, I, I think it's the, the former. I think it's just, okay, uh, turn on the printing presses and, and let's keep everyone quiet. Right. So that's going to, that, that could be a problem down the line. But at least they're trying to pump cash into the, um, into the system. So if that cash is there when, when this is over, not that it would be like flipping a switch and it would be over the next day, mm. but um, the, the question is, will the ramp up take weeks, will it take months, or will it take years? Mm -hmm. um, and I think being, at least being able to pump some money into the system to get the, to get the, the machinery turning again is, is, to me is a hopeful sign, although I am concerned about where the money's coming from. Now, speaking of, of, of money, uh, you know the brains of the producers far better than I do. Um, uh, so when, when the doors reopen, what are the producers going to do to get people in the seats? I've had, I've had people tell me that, well, tickets are, all, all tickets will be far too expensive. It's going to become an elitist art. I've had others who said, you're going to see a Broadway show for what you normally would see a movie for, uh, like they were in the 50s. Uh, do you th what, what are the producers going to do to fill those seats? Well, I, I would expect that um, that they will not. The prices will not go down that far simply because you can't pay the bills with the tickets. <laughs> uh, if, if you charged them the price of a movie ticket for a Broadway show, wouldn't pay the bills and the shows would instantly close. But I do have a feeling that the premium price tickets might come down a little bit. But don't forget, uh, a lot of the premium price tickets are bought by people who have a huge amount of money already. Yeah. They're not purchased by the, the um, you know, middle class playgoer. A lot of the middle class playgoer is, is going for the, uh, the moderate price tickets already. They already buy discounted mm -hmm. tickets. And so I think there may be more discounting, but I think uh, producers will know that the rich are always rich. You know, if you have, if you have, Ten billion dollars, and you lose half your, you know, half your money. You still have five billion dollars, and so I think a lot of those people will still be able to buy those tickets. They may actually, contrary to what you might expect, I think they may expand premium ticket pricing. Don't forget, a lot of the Broadway tickets are much more like airline tickets. You you may be sitting next to a person on one side of you who paid much less for their ticket than you did, and the person on the other side paid a lot more for their ticket than you did. Right. I have a feeling this will exacerbate uh, the the divide between wealthy and not wealthy. Uh, so I think producers will will go after the people who have managed to have money throughout this whole thing. Uh, who managed to who uh, who are still wealthy, not as wealthy as they once were, 
Don't forget the, the wealthiest one percent is a those people have a lot of money. Yeah. And so even if their incomes are go down by three quarters, which is they're not predicting that yet, they still have a lot of money, and they can still have they still want to buy premium experiences. They'll still be able to go to the theater. So I think you'll have more premium pricing and more discounting. Okay, so we got uh, so so now so now TKTS has lines around the block again. So that's wonderful. And and uh, the so people will go online and buy the <laughs> They want to maintain social distancing, but they may they may uh, again if they come up with these high tech um, masks that I that I'm imagining, um, then you will be able to stand on a normal line. That was going to be my question, and you said it. We're uh, are we going to have a brand new trigger warning? Is it going to the the thought of being in a crowded room or in a crowded theater will that drive people away at least for a while? It will for a while, yes. It okay. absolutely will for a while. But there are a lot of people, I forget, humans tend to be very contrary. You know, like very, very quite contrary. Uh, there's a lot of people, I see, you see that even now. A lot of people are like, the heck with this, I'm just going to go out and live my life. Right. And if I get it, I get it, and then I'll recover, and then I'll be immune. I'm feeling that, th- I'm, I'm hearing that already from people. And, hmm. um, you know, You may be too young for this, Jay, but when I was a kid, they used to have chicken pox parties. Do you know what that is? Yes, I do. One kid had chicken pox. All the other parents would bring their kids over to have a party because they wanted all the kids to get chicken pox. So then they would have immunity for the rest of their lives. I went to a chicken pox party when I was a kid. I I, I have a feeling that that something like that will happen, that there are people who would just, like, I'm tired of living in fear of this. I'm just going to go out and get it, and and if I die, I die, but 97% of people recover, and I'm uh, those sound like good odds to me. You know what, I, I, was, on the, gonna do that. I was on the tail end of, of the chicken pock party sort of thing, so I never went to one, and and when I, when I heard about them and when my parents told me about them or whatever, I was like, wow. But, you know, there's an interesting point to that, and it's what you were saying, uh, about the masks as well. Uh, there's going to come a point where people that that was a big. I never even thought of that. Oh my god, you're so smart. Uh, there's going to come a point where people are just going to say, "Screw this! I just have to go outside." Okay, if I'm going to get it, let me stockpile all my medications so that when I do, I'll just get better. Right. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I bet that's what's going to happen. Or else they're going to. Or else. Sort of like with the, do you, do you remember the early days of the AIDS crisis? I mean, of they used to I tell do. us, don't go to the beach uh, on Fire Island because if a mosquito bites a person with AIDS and then bites you, I remember you're going to get AIDS. I remember that whole well, thing with mosquitoes, with toilet seats, with other such right. irrationalities. We learned about the disease. We learned how the disease was transferred. And we've, there are precautions that can be taken to um, prevent you from getting it. I, the thing is, we don't know that much about it. There's an enormous amount of research that's going on right now on how you get it and how you can avoid it. Of course. And once we have more knowledge, I, my sons were like, Dad, have you ever experienced anything like this? What, what should we do? And I said, we have to approach this with two things, intelligence and courage. Not to get hysterical and not to, not to just kind of give up you have to be courageous. Don't forget, courageous doesn't mean that you're not afraid. It means that you are doing something because it needs to be done despite your fear. Right. So we need to fo- face this with courage, but with intelligence, not not just stupidity, just walking out into crowds and say, everybody sneeze on me. 
<laughs> which there are people who are doing that, is what I'm saying. I know. Um, we have to approach this with intelligence and courage, and we have to wait and see what the uh, researchers come up with. And once we understand how it's transmitted and how we can take precautions to get around it, it'll be more like the, the AIDS crisis. They found that, you know, if you, if you use condoms and you use them consistently and you use them correctly, you can avoid 90% of the, the problem that, that, uh, of the transmission of AIDS. And also understanding it's not just something that affects one group. It can affect anybody. Right. Like this whole thing where people are saying, oh, if you're younger, you won't get uh, coronavirus. That's nonsense. 53% of, of those afflicted are, right. are within the millennial age. Well, it's the same thing as they were telling people, oh, straight people can't get AIDS, oh, yeah? which was nonsense. It was yeah. ridiculous. And now they're saying, oh, young people can't get coronavirus. It's nonsense. You have to be intelligent. You have to listen to the people who are actually doing the research, what they're coming up with, what precautions you must take, and what precautions you don't necessarily need to take. Right. I mean, look at, how, look at the evolution of the information on masks. At first they told you, Masks are ridiculous. You don't need masks. Then it was like, well, you know, people who are working in close proximity with uh, patients, the masks do help to a certain degree. But then they found certain masks of certain designs are better than others. Then there was a period of time where they were afraid to say that masks are helpful because they were afraid that the general public would grab all the masks and people working in the hospitals, God bless them, they're the, they're the heroes of this whole thing. For sure. Um, that there won't be enough for them. Now, like like my girlfriend is making masks according to the latest design that she hears from researchers, and is, that there is a certain amount of it, it, it protects you to a certain degree, mm-hmm. but it also protects other people from you, right, right, to a certain degree. So it's a socially responsible thing to do. In addition, so and we we don't know everything yet. We're still learning on these masks how they work how they can protect us, to what degree they can protect us. Don't forget, it may not be 100% effective, but even if it's 50% effective, even if it's 70% effective, it's still a help. It's still a help. I wear a mask when I, if I have to go out to the drugstore or to the grocery store, I wear a mask and gloves. Oh, yes, sir. And I take off the gloves and I wash the mask afterward. But it doesn't stop me from going out and doing these necessary things. But I limit the amount of time that I go out. I, I feel I can work in the yard without worrying about, um, without wearing all that stuff because right. I'm not in contact with anybody else. Right. Um, okay. So so let's let's travel into the let's travel into the world of of Robert Viagas Asimov's future, where where we are all in these these very fashionable hazmat suits. We can go off to the theater, and, and luckily there are discounts that we can get on the new phones that we have strapped to our thigh, uh, and, and we can go into the theater. Uh, are producers going to change the kind of shows that they do? You think they're going to, to cut costs, if you will, and like they did at one point where actors were playing uh, musical instruments. Do you think we're going to see more intimate plays or smaller works or choruses are going to get even smaller? Uh, are we going to see more uh, one- and two-person shows? Do you think we're going to see a different style of theater? One thing, we have to protect our actors. Actors are not, have to be protected just as much as we we are. So I think at a certain point, if you remember years ago, actors did not wear microphones. 
when right. they started wearing those microphones, if you remember, Rent, people, a lot of people came out of Rent complaining what they're wearing those headsets during the show. It's very distracting. But then after a while, you know, people, people just came to accept it after a while. Uh, will they accept actors performing in masks? I, I don't know the answer to that. They, they may become so, they may become so ubiquitous and so much a part of our culture that it would be silly to see them without the mask. And at that point, You'll see them with the masks. Uh, again, uh, this sounds like an extreme. I don't think it would be 100% of shows, but a lot of shows, just like we did with the headsets, people just accepted them because they were so much a part of the culture. And, and you know, I, I don't remember the last time I saw a review that complained, wow, why are they wearing the? Why do you see that little microphone dangling from their from their wig? Why do they have that? that, that why is there a lavalier? Why do, I, why do I have to see a lavalier in a drama? Uh, people just, uh, well, it just enables me to hear it better, and so, fine. But again, wow. actors have to be protect. Actors, stagehands, all the people who work on the shows need to be protected just as much as anybody else. Will we see a head of gabbler in, in masks? I don't know. You know, that would be that would be a little weird. We may have to do certain period pieces, uh, you know, without them. But I don't think I don't think we'll ever get to a point where every show will have them. But I, I don't think it would, I'd be surprised to see shows with them. Wow, I, you know, I, I I I was expecting the kind of answer of, of you are really such a theater person. Um, I was expecting such an answer of uh, uh, well, no, we'll do smaller shows. The chorus will only be this small. I didn't realize that eventually they're going to cre- by your world they're going to create a plastic mask so that you could see their face through this. Mm-hmm. This shield, and we're going to have the theater go on. But don't forget, Jay. Um, classical theater was all done in masks. There's no reason that the mask has to look like a, a an, uh, an emergency room. That's right. A mask. Masks are a traditional part of theater. Oh my God! And we're going back fact, to Greek drama. And in point of fact, if you think about it, the amount of very few actors will go on stage without makeup, which is a kind of mask. Wow. You know what? They'll come up with something just like with hearing aids. They come up with hearing aids that aren't these giant things that hang on your ear like a donut. They're small. They're inside. They protect you. Maybe they'll come up with something that you can just put into your nostrils, and and that would be your your protection. I'm telling you, human American ingenuity, human ingenuity will come up with ways to protect ourselves in the minimal way. Remember when cell phones first came out? It was like holding a brick up to your head. I remember it well. Smaller and smaller and more elegant and more tiny. And now you, you don't even, if you have, um, um, what are those What are those things that hang over your ear? Why am I blanking? Oh, the earbuds. That? Yeah, well, earbuds, but there's there's also a, 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 a phone that you can have over. You ever see, hear somebody walking down the street yelling at somebody? Oh, of course, and they're on they're the phone. crazy yeah. or they're on the phone. Right, or they're both. I bet that's a time will come when... They come up with a mask that does the same thing. You don't need to protect your cheeks from the, from the coronavirus. You just need to protect the, the, the orifices in your face. And so they may become smaller, more elegant, um, and, you know, less intrusive um, with time. And if, if the public needs it and wants it, it will happen. Uh, two things. Two things be, before I bid you adieu. Uh, number one, uh, I hope... Every person who supports the theater, I, I hope everyone in the world has your outlook that we're going to come back with such resilience and that 
that humankind is just going to say, screw you, and we are going to just be better for this, and we're going to be more courageous and everything like that. And, and secondly, go write science fiction. <laughs> well, actually, there's another, there's another scenario. I just want to jump in with another scenario. The other scenario is they come up with a cure. They come up with a vaccine. They come up with just like the cocktail of medications that they, that they came up with to help people with AIDS to maintain their lives. They will come up with either a, a, um, something that will um, make it non-communicable, that you will not suffer from it, you will not die this horrible pulmonary death that, that people who are dying from this get. They will come up with a medication that will protect you from it and a vaccine that will prevent you from getting it. And then they won't need these science fictional masks that I'm talking about. I'm telling you, all people are working on all these fronts to do this. As, as one judge from Boston Sci-Fi to another, um, <laughs> I, I hope that is the outcome because that's a happy and a quick and an accessible ending. But oh, how much fun your scenario is! <laughs> Can I can I can I can I do a plug though? Can I do a quick plug? Please do. My son and I have been contracted with the Broadway Podcast Network. We are going to be doing reviews as father and son, <sighs> and it's called Millennial versus Boomer. And he's going to be talking about shows from the point of view of a millennial. I'm going to be talking about shows from the point of view of a boomer, a baby boomer. Right. And in this time, we're, we're reverting. We haven't launched it yet, but we decided we're going to launch with talking about cast albums because people can still experience shows, honestly, the way most people over the decades have experienced Broadway shows, and sure. that is by listening to the cast That's albums. That's how I did it. I, I, I remember That's listening right. to The Sound of Music. I remember That's it well. Right. So um, the movie or the... The stage show. The stage show. The original cast. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, uh, I know most people love the movie, but I always love the stage. Yeah, yeah. Original cast better. But um, so we're going to start. We're we're trying to figure out when exactly when it's going to launch, but it's going to be on the Broadway Podcast Network, and it's called Millennial versus Boomer, and it's going to be Benjamin Viagas and Robert Viagas reviewing shows from the point of view of our different generations because we both love broadway especially broadway musicals we both love them but we have found ourselves over the years more and more having very different takes on some of the shows in the new ones and the um the revivals of the classics so uh that's going to be and it's we and we are at each other's throats <laughs> well father and son well that sounds about right uh, but we do have that, the love of the theater in common. And also, I'm going to be doing a series of podcasts telling my Broadway ghost stories. That's right. That I knew. Um, and you are going to send me uh, information on the first podcast with your son. You're going to send me a picture of you and him yes. so that yes. so that I can ask my designer to create you a logo. And, and you're going to send me all the info so I can tell the world that as long as they're sitting inside and they want their Broadway fix, they're going to go right. into, into the ancient cave of the great sage, Robert Viagas, <laughs> to hear all about it. Robert, thank That's, you. You're very welcome. It is, thank you for doing this. Oh, my pleasure. It is always a pleasure to speak to you. Uh, it's, it's, I, I, I kind of feel like I'm cheating you because I, I just received a master class uh, that I, I don't recall registering or paying for, but but I am I am so okay. thrilled. Thank you so much. Uh, You're please, very welcome. You're a great hero to the theater community. You are and very we kind. All appreciate it, my friend. And I'm going to quote you on that. 
Uh, Stay well. Keep in touch. Let me know what goes on. I'll spread it to the world. Very good. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Stay well. Same to you. Bye.